Mel Yummy Mummy Geriatric Mum? How the f*** did that happen? Hi, I'm Sally Wallace and welcome to my podcast, Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Why the name? Well, it's a label that I've been slapped with recently, so I've decided to embrace it. But don't worry, it's not all sore nips and stretch marks from here onwards. As a former radio presenter, public speaker, and someone who's a huge advocate of keeping banter alive, each week I'll be sharing life observations with a twist, random questions, subject matters that'll blow your mind, like, do we really eat spiders in our sleep? Am I the only woman who walks around with crystals in her bra? And... Why is it that my husband's clothes and socks are so much more comfortable than my own? All gripping stuff. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. Something has brought you here today, and I think it's because we're on the same vibration station. Thank you so much for having a listen. I really hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to part four of my journey to motherhood. I'm Sally Wallace and this is my podcast, Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. Now, if you've been following them in order, so obviously part one, two and three, this one is the last one in this part of the journey. I genuinely didn't think it was going to take me four episodes to actually tell this story. But then on reflection, it actually took me four years of baby making to get um, to get pregnant in the end. Two rounds of IVF. And four years, four years of, oh my Lord, crying myself to sleep at night, crying in the car on the way to work, crying in the car on the way home from work. Oh God, every month when you went to the loo and you wiped and you realised that you weren't pregnant. Yes, it's shit. It was shit. And on reflection, actually, it was horrible. It really was horrible. And oh, I always, you know, I've always said, oh, I tried to find the comedy in it. Sorry, that's me moving my glass. If you're thinking, what's she doing? Don't, I'm not having a drink. It's not like I'm sat here with a vodka. <laughs> it's a Vimto. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, it was really tough. It was, it was really, really tough. So, right. Um, what were you saying? The end of part three. Right. So the end of part three. I was pregnant. I'd had two embryos transferred and we were going to Rome. That's right. So we were going to Rome because it was my 40th and we had the most amazing time in Rome. It was absolutely beautiful. If you have never been, I genuinely recommend it. It was my 40th birthday. So Scott went all out and we had private tours everywhere. So that was lovely. So it didn't mean we did an awful lot of walking, like loads of walking. But the good thing is I don't drink anyway. So I wasn't bothered about not getting drunk or having a drink. I was a bit, ooh, like shit in my pants with, should I eat that meat or should I eat that cheese? And that's the one thing that I didn't really know what to do. So I just avoided it. And I just ate ice cream for three nights. <laughs> really did eat a shitload of ice cream when I was, <laughs> it was amazing though. And the sightseeing, and I'm a real, at heart, I'm a real history geek. Anybody who knows me knows that I love walking around castles. Oh, don't even get me started. Uh, like British castles, anything to do with them, like history. So, oh my Lord, I was in my element in Rome. Like I was, I loved the Colosseum, absolutely loved it. And our tour guide was so informative. And do you know what? This is obviously, we were in Rome, we were pregnant, hence why my son is called Roman. Um, And that has a story too, actually. We'd been to the Colosseum and we'd left the Colosseum and we were in this little party and we were going to the top of like the Palatine Hill where old Rome is that you can see like over old Rome. 
And she was telling us the story of Romulus and Remus. And Scott looked at me and he went, right, I'm going to tell you now, if we're having a lad, we're calling him Caesar. I went, oh my goodness, we are not calling him Caesar, for God's sake, Scott. No, right, Nero. No, we're not, what, what the hell are you on about? No, we're not calling him Nero. Maximus Decimus Meridius. No, no what the fuck? We're not calling him after Gladiator. And then he went, I'm going to be dead serious now. We're going to call him Roman after Romulus. And that was it for me. I went, oh my God, I love that name. And it's so apt. I said, if we're having a boy, we're calling him Roman. And um, I can't remember if we're having a girl. Um, oh, do you know what? I'm not even going to tell you the girl's name because what happens if I have a girl next? I'll keep that one secret. So yeah, that was it. That was what we decided. If we're having a boy, we're going to call him Roman. But we kind of knew we were having a boy anyway. Even though it had two embryos transferred. This is weird as well. It had two embryos transferred. But we were, I don't know why, but we were both adamant we were having a boy. It's strange, really strange. And we only actually talked about one. Um, so yeah, I felt fine when I was out there. It was not a problem at all. Came back. And then after you come back, um, after after you come, after we came back from uh, from Rome. Oh my God, can you hear him sneezing downstairs? That's Scott. He's got a cold. He's sneezing and coughing away. And I said to him, I said, right, I'm going to go and record my podcast. Can you just, if you need to sneeze or cough, can you just do it into a pillow? <laughs> Obviously, I was told to off at the time very politely <laughs> anyway yeah we got back from rome and I had to go for an internal scan with my favorite big plastic cock with a dildo no, with a dildo with a well, plastic dildo with a condom on it you know what i mean girls so i had an internal scan um and i honestly didn't think i was pregnant it's, even though i'd done six pregnancy tests beforehand i must have been about eight weeks at this point um i was never getting excited i was always holding back and which is which is uh, it's weird because it was a whole mix of emotions because there's a part of me that's like fucking yes hallelujah and there's another part of me that was like no it's still not worked there's nothing in there sally don't get excited because i was petrified i was absolutely petrified of losing it or losing them because there was two in there and i was i couldn't let myself go i couldn't relax um, I was, it, it was almost like it was clashing. It's like positive and negative were just banging their heads against each other. Does that make sense? Because, uh, I didn't want to get too excited, but I did. And then, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to explain to people either. And that was interesting. I t- we told my parents and we told his parents that we were pregnant and we didn't tell anybody else. And at work, because everybody knew we'd, I'd gone through IVF at work, um, I, I've got the most amazing friend Bex that I used to work with and she came over and she was like so are you pregnant what's happened what's happened and I just said to her it's not worked I really don't want to talk about it Um, just tell everybody it's not worked but I'm fine I just want to crack on with work and she was like okay now yeah I did tell a bit of a white lie but that was to protect myself excuse me just did a big vomito burp apologies but you can tell that I obviously record these live and I don't edit right oh god sorry about that, that was really rude but yeah, I told a little white lie, but that really was just to protect myself because you have to do certain things like that. And there's okay to be a bit selfish because as long as you're protecting yourself, that that's that's what's important. That's that's what I kept thinking, do you know what? It's not really about anybody else. This is my journey and I need to look after me. Um, so yeah, as far as everybody was concerned, I wasn't pregnant. Um, and I think Scott was quite happily telling everybody, to be honest with you. He, he just didn't give a shit. He was, yeah, he was quite happily telling everyone. But it, that was fine because his work didn't clash with my work. So that wasn't a problem. Um, I've got carried away with myself where I was like, yeah, eight weeks. I had to go for the internal scan. Went for the internal scan and found out that I had lost one. 
So I had lost some weight. I had a little bit of a bleed in Rome. And I said to her, was, was that it? Is that, is it gone? She was like, no, it could have just been absorbed back into yourself. I was like, what the fuck have I eaten it? Where did it go? Um, and she was like, that's exactly it. It could be absorbed. It's just, it's just gone. You, you could have passed it or it's just gone. So there was one in there, strong, really, really strong heartbeat. She was like, everything's looking really good. Sally, relax, start to relax, start to relax. Fucking hell, no chance. And um, she said, and enjoy it. <laughs> that's easy to say, isn't it? So I then had to go and register with the midwife. And I'm not joking. Uh, this whole journey right, of being pregnant was new to me. Uh, I didn't understand any of it. And I can say that honest. I'd rather say that and be dead straight with you. I didn't understand a thing. So when people used to go on about, oh, yeah, my first trimester, my second trimester, what's that? I didn't, I didn't know what that was. Uh, how long is a pregnancy, for starters? I didn't know. I didn't know how many weeks it went on for. <laughs> I knew it was nine months. But when people refer to things as weeks, I was like, what week? What? Where? And then this is another thing. Oh, dilated. Okay. Okay, the dilated. I actually said to my midwife, I'll never forget, I went, right, can you be dead straight with me? What does like four centimetres, six centimetres dilated mean? What does that mean? And she was like, oh, okay. Because I know I sound like a bit of a, a tit and that, or maybe slightly undereducated, but I had spent 18 years of my life trying not to have a baby. So really, it was never of interest to me. And as mad as that sounds, I, I, I didn't know it. I was never taught about it at school. Nobody's ever spoken to me about it ever since. I've spent four years trying to get pregnant. And now I am pregnant. I genuinely don't know anything about it. And I didn't ever have the fear because a lot of um, women have said to me, well, I'm petrified about pushing out. That didn't bother me in the slightest bit. And some people go, oh, I hope I don't get stretch marks. Well, I've already got those on my tits anyway. So they didn't ever bother me either. I was never bothered about anything like that. I just wanted a healthy baby baby and I wanted to be able to be a mum that was all I was bothered about that was my focus healthy baby not bothered if it's a girl or a boy just a healthy baby that's all I wanted but also I wanted to understand (laughs) what dilated meant (laughs) I didn't get it so it was a whole new learning curve for me and then you get given this pack oh I loved that the whole book that you get to write in and you follow it through and everything anyway so yeah very much kept it to myself so I'd lost one and we had one in there which I knew was a boy. We just knew he was a boy. We knew it was Roman. Um, and then I had to go for, you have to go for a 12 week scan, which I couldn't get in for. So then we ended up going for a 14 week scan. Now at this point, nobody knew that I was pregnant. Not even my family, like none of my extended family, none of my friends, none of my best mates. H didn't know. Um, Matilda didn't know. I'd not told anyone. Um, and in my head, uh, like I said, I was so petrified and scared. I tried to not think about it. And I'd sort of tried to block it out a little bit. I didn't have any symptoms, no sign of showing. I wasn't, I didn't have morning sickness. I'd verped and sort of vomited, burped in my mouth a few times and then just swallowed it and got on with it. And then I'd gone for this scan. Oh my goodness, I'll never forget this woman. She was amazing. And it was at 14 weeks. Yep, that's right. Because they couldn't get me in at 12. 14 weeks. Her name was Margaret. She was a beautiful Jamaican woman, right? And I said to her, um, yeah, I've, I've had IVF. Um, I think I'm about 14 weeks now. I had an internal at eight. And she was like, it's okay. Come on, get on the bed. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And um, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was preparing myself for the worst news ever that there was nothing there because I didn't feel any different. And she slapped the coldest gel on me and then slapped the little scanner on top. And you could see him as clear as day. 
you could see his profile of his face, his little button nose and his little arms. And I lost my shit. I just lost it. I just honestly, I could cry now. I was really bad. I really lost it. And I was just hysterical, but like really crying, like sobbing. And this woman, this woman, this Margaret, bless her. She went, come here, Chad, come here, come here, my Chad, come here. And you know what? I've got gel all over my, my belly and it's all over my knickers and it's all over her. And she's just hugging me and she's giving this massive cuddle. And it was the best hug ever because she had the loveliest big boobs. And I just put my head in her boobs and I was just in tears. I was like, oh, God, God, that's not in God, that's not in God. I was just couldn't stop crying. My eyes. She was like, he's definitely there. That baby is definitely there. She went, he has a very healthy baby. Um, and, but we, I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl yet anyway. But the fact that it was there and it was 14 weeks, 14 weeks old. And it was, oh my goodness me, he looked amazing. Really long legs and really long arms, right? Um, and then, um, yeah, at that point, I was like, right, Roman. I, I didn't even know he was a boy. I was like, right, we have got to work together, buddy. You are staying. And I talked to him every day. Every day I talked to him. That poor dude. <laughs> must have been bored shitless <laughs> you have to remember i'm in the car for an hour every day and then i'm test driving cars constantly because i'm working at audi and then i'm in the car for an hour on the way to work and an hour on the way home from work and i still didn't tell anybody at work i was pregnant until week 16 and it wasn't me who actually announced it, it was my husband scott scott i think had got a little bit concerned because i was test driving a lot of fast cars because i was the i was the rs and s sports specialist <laughs> So I think Scott had started to get a little bit unnerved. And I don't blame him because at the end of the day, it's his baby too. It was his baby too. And obviously I'm his, you know, his wife. And yeah, he'd phoned my manager and said, listen, you just need to know she's pregnant. And it was like, everybody knew then at that point, which was lovely actually. Work were amazing. They were, the where I used to work, Audi was such a, we had such a laugh. Um, It was, yeah, it was really good fun. Do you know what? It's the first time we used to have such a laugh anyway, working, honest to God, car sales rooms are just comedy beyond belief. The banter is amazing. That's the thing that made it worthwhile was the banter and um they used to, I've got to tell you this, this is totally off topic, but I've got to tell you this. There used to be this pie van that used to turn up every morning and all the engineers used to queue and get like a pie or a sausage roll or a pasty. And I used to go, oh, disgusting. There's me with my green tea. Do you know what I mean? My quinoa salad. I was like, vile boys, vile. And they're like, shut up, Sully, come and have a look at this. And this is where I first learned that you could actually get a pie in a bread roll. I believe it's called a pie balm. I'm I'm not too sure about it to be honest with you. I've never tried one myself, but according to the lads, it's amazing. But who the hell worked out that you could put a pie in a bread roll? I mean, where on earth did that come from? Anyway, so yeah, I used to slap the lads off and I'd be like, oh, blah, 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 you know, giving them loads of shit for getting <laughs> bloody pasty out of a van. <laughs> 22 weeks pregnant. Oh, can you get us a cheese and your pasty <laughs> for my breakfast? <laughs> That bitch. <laughs> In fact, my cravings were really hilarious. It was really weird because I was pregnant towards Christmas, but about Christmas time, so everything come, uh, everything Christmassy goes out about bloody September anyway, doesn't it? Usually, so uh, mince pies, but the mince pies with the icing on top, you know, the ones that look like a cherry bake well, but they're not the mince pies from Marks and Spencers. Those, I ate a whole packet of six of those in the car on the way home once, and then when I got home, I was so tired, I was crying at the front door. Scott opened the front door, and I was crying, and I had mince pie all over my top. <laughs> My dress. It was all down my face and a bit on my chin. <laughs> Sausages at Marks and Spencer's because Marks and Spencer's just over the road from the dealership, right? They used to do these little mini cocktail sausages, you know, like little pigs in blanket. 
oh my God, with cranberry sauce. And you could get like a little pot of 10 of them hot from the hot counter. I used to nail about two boxes of those every day. Oh, I loved it. And Yorkshire puddings were like my go-to. So previously, before being pregnant, I used to eat like carrot sticks and hummus. Now what I was doing was making myself, no shit, a mug of gravy. So just get like a cup, like a mug of gravy, um, sort of whip the gravy round, get it all nice and thick and then literally stick like a packet of eight Yorkshire puddings in the oven and then dip them in the gravy. So <laughs> fucking carrot sticks and hummus didn't into Yorkshire puddings and gravy. Get in there, son. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, it was the best cravings ever. It was really lovely. I enjoyed that moment. Um, but yeah, where was I up to? Um, I had to quickly divert then because it was a good story, that one. So yeah, so uh, yeah, everybody at work knew that I was pregnant at this point. And then we did go for, we went for a private scan and we, um, we found out we were having a boy. But I think it's really weird because I think we both knew anyway, but we both wanted to find out. And it's only because, and a lot of people don't want to know, and that's fine and I respect that, but I did want to know because I wanted to identify with my baby more. And that's, and I knew he was going to be Roman at this point. And I always knew he was going to be Roman anyway. Um, and so, yeah, so yeah, I talked to him, bored the tits off him for, for the rest of the time that he was in there, to be honest with you. But I didn't read any books. That's a lot of people say to me, what did you read when you were pregnant? I didn't read any books at all. I didn't, I joined NCT. I did go to an NCT class and that was because I'd moved to a new area and I didn't know anybody around here. So I, I just wanted to have that connection with some local mums. And I'm glad I went, actually. I did get an awful lot from NCT. I didn't know what an epidural was before I went for an NCT. I had no idea what an episiotomy was. I didn't know what, I knew what forceps were, but like all of this language that's, that you don't know about giving birth, I didn't have a clue about any of it. And I learned all of that at NCT. So I was quite adamant that I was going to have a natural birth, quite adamant that I was going to have a natural, yeah, it was, it was yeah. And every time I went for the, to the hospital, because I think after about week 24, I was having a scan every two weeks because guess what? I was a geriatric mum. Oh, yes. So proud. So fucking proud. I was 39. No, it wasn't. That's bullshit. I was 40. I was 40. I turned, I was 39 when I got pregnant and then I turned 40 uh, within a matter of weeks. And then when Roman was born, I was 40, but it was my 41st birthday year. So yeah, I was well in there, well into the geriatric years. Oh gosh. Yeah. Get in. So, um, yeah, I'd, um, because I was a geriatric mum, C-section was constantly being pushed towards me. Have a C-section. You tried so hard, you know, and I get that. And I was grateful for that. And I kept saying, no, do you know what? I really want to try naturally. I'm really determined to try naturally. And I was so lucky that I was able to see it full full term. I went full term. And I think it was about four or five days before my due date. I was huge. I mean, I was huge absolutely mad. I had so much water retention. It was ridiculous. And my protein in the wee, uh, pro, the wee, sorry, the protein in my wee wasn't great. Something wasn't right sort of week before. And I was massive. So uh, they suggested that I went in to get monitored for the day on the Friday. Now, Roman was due on the 26th of February. And this is the Friday. That was on a Tuesday. He was due. And then it was the Friday before that they suggested that I went to get monitored. So I did. And then she said, you know what? You are actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. The week before I'd felt like shit. That's it. The week before I'd felt really shitty. Um, and she was like, you've actually been in slow labor for a week. I was like, oh, really? I didn't know that. Um, she said, so I'm going to give you a sweep. I didn't know what a sweep was fuck me I do now oh my god that was brutal so I had a sweep on the Friday 
and we just got a new car, right? So we'd got this brand new car. It was amazing. It was a beautiful four by four. And um, I'll never forget, I left the hospital after having been monitored for an hour, having a sweep and my contraction started as soon as I got in the car. As soon as I got in the car, that was it. And I phoned Scott and I went, Scott, don't panic. But my contractions have started. I'm going to drive myself home. I'm going to go and get on my big ball. Do you remember, you know, like your big, your big bouncer ball? I've got one of those. I had one of those. I used to sit on that all the time. So I'm going to go get my ball. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to count it out. I'm going to be fine. He went, fine. Are you in the car? I went, yes. He went, hope you're driving on that towel. I swear to God, if you get any shit on that seat, I've just had the leather treated. <laughs> inappropriate you arsehole so yeah i remember getting home and the whole the friday night scott went to bed honest to god you really do just have to go for it by yourself girl sometimes but do you know what what would he have done he would have just pissed me off and got in the way and then i went through to the saturday i was counting it all out on the saturday and then i'd got to uh, five o'clock in the afternoon five o'clock in the evening and um this is gross my water's broke in the hallway and honestly it is the strangest sensation ever i thought i was pissing myself i was like am i gonna piss myself i had leggings on and it was just coming out and coming out and coming out and i've got two jack russells and they started licking it up they're going mm, what's this <laughs> slipping all over the place i was going stop fucking licking it no 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 it was horrendous it was horrendous they were slipping all over the place scott bless him was so hungry because he's obviously sort of been waiting to see what i was going to do and he was panicking as well that he'd gone out to get himself a McDonald's and then um, because he just obviously there was nothing to eat in the house. And um, I'd phoned him just as he'd gone through the drive through and he'd pulled up into a lay by waiting for his apple pie <laughs> he had to drive off without it. <laughs> so he zoomed home to get me. By the time I'd got into the hospital, I was already six centimetres dilated. And I was like, fucking hell, I've got this. I've got this. No gas and air. I'm fine. I can do it. Bear in mind, my mum had given birth to four kids naturally. And my sister had given birth to four kids naturally. Come on, I can do this. Good Lord. This is, I've got this one in the bag. So, um, yeah, I uh, I remember getting in there and the, it was a full moon. It had to be a full moon, didn't it? Literally everybody in Chester where I live is giving birth. And um, it was... Uh, uh, there, there was there was hardly any midwives on duty. They were all running around trying to look after everybody else. So I didn't really have a midwife. I had like a lady that was sort of local in the area, bless her. But she just wouldn't look at my foof. And I remember shouting at her, look at my... F-. Oh, this is going to sound gross. Forgive me. I was going, just look at my funnies. Can you see it? Can you see it? <laughs> and it was a messy really messy you know when instagram when you see all these people that have got perfect makeup and they've just given birth and they just look beautiful and no that's not me that's not me i looked like i'd been at an all-night rave um still sweating um i'd stripped off literally to nothing i had a bra on still and that was about it and i was pacing i was i I was doing every position under the sun to try and get him out and i couldn't get him out anyway by this point after i'd been in there for about six hours I had the most amazing midwife that came to look after me and she was this little Geordie woman and I was I'll never forget she came and she was like Alrit I'm Julie I'm here to look after you and I honestly shit you not I went oh thank fuck you're a Geordie because obviously I used to live in Newcastle and she was amazing. Straight away, she was like, yeah, you're not going to get that burn out. He's not coming out, Sally. I was like, no, he is. He is. He's coming out. He's coming out. They had a monitor on me. They put a monitor on Roman's head up my feet and then onto Roman's head. He was fine. 
There's nothing wrong with Roman at all. It, I just couldn't get him out. But he was wedged and my contractions had stopped and there was no more fluid. So I um, I was like, no, 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 I can get him out. I can get him out. I had to send people in, people in, people out, sticking cannulas in me, trying to get me to take pain relief. And I'm not taking anything. As soon as I did take gas and air anyway, I vomited everywhere. It was awful. It gets messy. It gets really messy. Obviously, you lose control of your bowels, everything. Ugh, it's not a sexy moment that you want your husband to remember. But I am... Um, I remember the surgeon came in and he was just gorgeous and he just said to me, yeah, I'm I'm going to have to have a look. And I was like, at this point, honestly, you just don't care who's looking. You just want to get them out safely. So it was like, yeah, I, I, I don't even think I can get the forceps on him. I don't even think he's he's wedged and they scanned him. And he was, he was, it's like his arm was wedged a little bit, but because there was no fluid, they couldn't move him. And then we tried to move him and it just wasn't going to happen. And they weren't worried about him because his, Roman's heart rate was fine. It was me. I was the one that was exhausted. And it, I think they were just a bit concerned. So that's when they had to say, we're going to have to give you a C-section. And I just lost my shit. I just burst into tears I just felt like a failure I literally just felt like a fucking failure and I was just hysterical I couldn't stop crying could not stop crying and she was so good my midwife she came up to me and right listen Sally I'm going to be dead straight with you here now we either take this baby out c-section or your husband's going to go home with no wife and no baby you've got to have it and I just that was it that was like a slap in the face and I went okay okay that's fine I'm fine I've had done, Sally, you've just, and I, honest to God, she was fucking brilliant. She was like, you've done everything you can. You're not a bad mom. You're a fucking powerhouse woman. She was like this. You're amazing. But we've got to get him out. And I was like, yes, we have. She was like, and you need to be okay to look after him. And I was like, yeah, I do. You're right. You're right. She's like, and you're fucked. You're knackered. And I was fucked. I like, literally, I looked like I was deflated. So... I had to wait for about an hour for surgery, but there's no contractions. And what was happening is the tr- as the contractions were coming, I was riding them through. There's no, I didn't have any feeling to push because of where Roman was wedged. Very weird. All very weird. It all fucking unfolded when I got onto the operating table. But as soon as they put the, um, the spinal block in, so when you have a C-section, you're literally numb from the chest down and then they block your spine off. In the operating theatre, they've strapped my arms down. So I literally look like I've been crucified. Um, and they said to me that I had undetected preeclampsia, which wasn't great because I had no reflexes in my left side of my body, which I didn't know. I just thought it was bloody big with fluid. But yeah, undetected preeclampsia. And at this point, I said, I need to see him. I need to see him. And they're like, no, no, we'll show you the baby straight away. And I went, no, 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 no. I need to see him coming out of me. So Scott, at this point, is in his scrubs and he sat by my left shoulder. And he went, I don't need to see him. I don't need to see him. I went, I do. I need to see him coming out of me. I need to see I need to see him coming out of me. I've, I've done, listen, you, you don't understand. I said, I've worked for four years to get this baby. I need to see that baby coming out of me. I need to know he's mine. And Scott goes, I don't need to see him. I was like, shut up. I need to fucking see him. <laughs> so they said, what we'll do is, because you've got a screen. There's like a screen, like a curtain uh, right in front of your face when you're having a c-section and they said right we'll drop that screen and you can see him coming out i went that's great that's great and i'm not joking it was the most fascinating thing ever because you obviously can see that you've been clamped open sorry this is a bit grotesque for you but it was amazing scott couldn't look he put his head in his hands and then as i could see roman coming out which is weird because it's obviously being pulled out of me but i can't feel anything 
it was I was very emotional. Scott Blessing was in tears, which uh, any man, to be honest, would be. It is the most beautiful thing ever, seeing your baby come into the world. And obviously they've pulled out his wedge. They've pulled him back out and everything. And um, they turned him around and they looked right at me. And, oh, my God, he's the image of his dad. The image. And I was going, oh, my God, I went, hello, mate. And he's going, meh, crying his little eyes out. It's fine. It's beautiful. I went, oh my God, Scott, he looks just, he looked just like Scott. It was like a small little miniature Scott being pulled out of me. I was like, he looks just like you, Scott. He went, I can't look at him. I can't look at him. And I went, oh my God, he's amazing. He's amazing. Anyway, Julie, my midwife, steps in at this point, took over. And apparently there was a waft of infection that came out of my womb, which isn't great. So she was like, come on, Scott, come over here and count this Ben's fingers and toes with me. So she weighed him and Scott, bless him, said to himself as he stood up, he goes, right, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. <laughs> it's almost like you've, you can't help yourself. You've just told yourself you're going to look. And he said, he goes, I fucking looked at you and you guts were everywhere he said it was horrendous <laughs> I said, why did you look he went i didn't want to but i couldn't help myself <laughs> i haven't got a clue at this point i'm having a great time so um yeah that's how he was born he was born by emergency c-section in the end and uh i didn't uh, we didn't have any time for skin on skin because i had to not straight away anyway but actually it was beautiful because julie who was my wife was like sally do you want, we've had some beautiful pictures taken and i remember saying to me do you want to do some skin on skin and i went do you know what i bored the tits off that little man for nine months and we knew what his name was straight away it was roman alexander wallace we were like no do you know what let his daddy take him and it was the most beautiful thing ever in the corner of my eye i could just see scott walking out of the room holding his little boy it was oh god that made me cry so much it was the most beautiful little sight it was so cute and I went just let me just get stitched up it takes about 45 minutes to an hour I'd lost a lot of blood but I was I was very lucky I didn't have to have a blood transfusion or anything but I did have an infection in my womb um and um therefore I had to stay in I had to stay in for a week um poor Roman had a lumbar puncture at 12 hours old because they thought he had meningitis oh very emotional. Um, I then developed cellulitis in my stomach and then I actually had an infection in the wound. I had a urine infection. Oh my God, I was fucking mangled. I was because I'd fully laboured and had to have a C-section and it was just horrendous. The amount of fluid I lost though in the first two weeks was unbelievable, which is obviously where I had undetected preeclampsia. But yeah, after the girls looked after me so much, honestly, the, I will always be grateful for the NHS staff at the Chester Countess Hospital that looked after me because they were amazing. I was so fortunate enough to get my own little private room. Um, so, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy first week, but actually it was a wonderful first week because I got so much help and knowledge from those women on breastfeeding, everything that it was. Um, and I took my laptop, Scott brought my laptop in so I could sit and watch Netflix in the evening so I could watch a bit of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> and it but it was a wonderful time actually to bond with Roman and it was really yeah really really special but it's um god on reflection now do you know what I'm so grateful actually I've been able to tell this story because it was it wasn't easy but then and it the crazy thing is none of it is it wasn't easy trying to have him it wasn't uh, trying to actually conceive him it wasn't easy trying to have him in the end either and everyone was like oh I bet you wish you'd have that c-section now don't you first hand but do you know what no I'm glad that I tried to give it a go naturally I really really am you know and all I can say is a lot of people have this impression that having a c-section is easy 
It is not. It is so fucking hard. It's um, it's major, major surgery. And to me, I didn't want it. But on reflection, I'm so grateful that we have that, that nowadays, that we can have that. Because can you imagine how many lives have been lost like prior to actually having a C-section, how many little lives and, you know, mum's lives have been lost. It's actually fucking heartbreaking. So yeah, it's not the easy route. Believe me, it took me a long time to recover, a really long time to recover. Um, but I will always be grateful for that because obviously, you know, we're here today as a family to tell the, to tell this story. And uh, and it has been one hell of a journey. So what's next then? I hear you cry. Well, we would like to do it again. Oh, yes. Roman is amazing. He is, honestly, I do not know what we used to do before we had him. He is the best thing that has ever happened to us. He's our little gift. And I know loads of parents say this, but he really is the best looking kid. Uh, no, but no, seriously, he, he was meant to come to us. 100% meant to come to us. And if we can give him a little brother or a sister, I think that's what we would like to be able to do. We actually tried last year. We had another round of IVF last year because we had a frozen embryo. But unfortunately, um, when we when it came to defrost the embryo, it didn't survive the defrosting process. So we lost it, which was, wasn't great because I was loaded on hormones and I'd been injecting for a couple of weeks. So, yeah, that was pretty brutal, actually. Our next route is to go down uh, the donor route, which is the donor egg route. Um, and in fact, we've actually had it planned for a while now but unfortunately covid bloody struck didn't it so we've had to put everything on the back burner because we have to travel overseas for it so we're just waiting for things to get in motion at the moment and just for travel to be a bit easier um just like fewer and fewer restrictions and then i think that's when we're just going to go for it but when we do i will definitely be sharing our story because it's so powerful and i've had some wonderful uh, messages that have been sent to me uh, for people that have been listening to this you know the journeys of the journeys the, the sort of part episodes of uh, part one, two, and three uh, episodes of this journey that we went through to get to to become parents oh, bloody hell that took me a while to get that out of my mouth um and so it's it's amazing that not enough people are talking about this yet so many people are going through it so yeah i will definitely be sharing our next chapter in our parenthood story i really hope this has helped if you've been going through ivf or you've got a friend that's going through ivf or just sort of con conception troubles or woes in hang on fertility let's try and use that word from now on instead of infertility uh, then please do share this podcast i really hope it helps and of course, if I mentioned anything that you can completely relate to, something that's really hit a nerve, then by all means, message me. I'm on Instagram with at Adventures of a Geriatric Mum and Facebook as well, Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. I cannot thank you enough for listening and sharing my podcast and downloading and the rate and, and give me five star ratings and the reviews. I am honestly overwhelmed by, um, by how much of a response I'm getting. And it just makes me every day so grateful for starting this podcast and just to be able to connect with this whole new tribe that I'm meeting whilst doing it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for reaching out. And of course, I do like to reach back, not around. There's no reach arounds here. It's a family show. Right. Have a wonderful week. Do take care of yourselves. Watch this space. This story is not over yet. I will see you very soon. Thank you so much for taking a listen to my podcast. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Adventures of a Geriatric Mum where there's a link to the podcast that you can share with all your friends. 
After all, sharing is caring, and you and I are best friends now.